AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Happy New Year. The markets were closed today, but we've got a brand new AgriTalk coming your way. As we move closer to the end of the year and growers started planning for the year ahead, I heard we've got to think more like a banker more than ever before. Well, what does a banker think of that? We'll find out and take a look at the year ahead. Live, sort of. From New Year's Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we have a conversation with Tanner Emke of CoBank. In the final segment, Carrie Artek of ArtekAdvisory.com has chart updates. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler. And now, the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Big Apple Joe. Happy New Year, buddy. How's it going? Good. Happy New Year to you, Chip. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Happy New Year to everyone out there. Thank you for joining us on January 1st, 2024. I don't know why. I don't know why, but 2024 is so much easier for me to say than 2023. I never got used to it. Never got used to it. But here we are, 2024, and it's just rolling off the tongue like uh, like we've been talking about it for a year. Glad that you are with us today. Um We've uh, we we've got uh, what I think is an important show coming your way. It's about attitude. It really is. It is a lot about attitude, and I'm going to start off with some right now because here's what I want you to think about as we head into a new year. Corn and soybeans are expected to be tight margin crops in 2024. Instead of worrying about that, I want you to say, "So what." You've been here before. Tight margins are manageable situations as long as you have a good idea of what to expect, right? Now, there's some complications out there to knowing what to expect. Brazil complicates things for corn and soybeans because of the growing conditions. Russia's aggression in Ukraine for going on three years complicates the outlook. Shipping issues on the Mississippi River, the Panama Canal, the Black Sea, the Red Sea, those all complicate issues. And don't forget that we flirted. Well, it was more than a flirt. We had some rail issues between the U.S. and Mexico in 2023. So it's not easy, but it is manageable. And that's what we're going to be talking about on today's show. Uh and for some reinforcement to today's shows and, and, and to that idea, go back and listen to last Thursday afternoon's show with Angie Setzer. And listen to Friday's show with Jim Emter. Plan to succeed, and you will. And if, <laughs> if you just decide to wing it for the year ahead, you will probably be disappointed with those results. So that's what I want you to think about as we go into the new year. Yeah, it's tight margins. We've been here before. It's a manageable situation if you plan for it. I want you to plan for it. We're going to be doing that today. Okay, 
Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the grains this week. Wheat futures will be looking to the Black Sea region for trade incentives in the weeks ahead. Doesn't mean up or doesn't mean down. Uh, It's just that they're going to be looking for those headlines coming out of the region. Also keep an eye on the export market. Uh, If China decides it needs some extra bushels of U.S. soft red winter wheat for security reasons, that would be a positive for the market. And, of course, be sure to keep an eye on what's going on with the weather. Uh, the weather is always going to play a, a a role in what this wheat market is doing. It's supposed to get colder after January 7. So watch the snow cover. Watch snow cover. Uh, on Friday, when the markets close, March HRW wheat futures, one and three-quarter cents lower at 642. March soft red winter wheat futures, down three and a half cents to 628. Corn trade is kind of caught in no man's land right now. Export demand has improved. Export shipments in the weekend of December 21 were marketing year high. We need more of that. So the U.S. is moving corn into the export market. That's good news. But the uncertainty about supplies out of Ukraine, uh, uncertainty about what's going to happen with the Brazilian Safrina corn crop, That's left the corn market looking to wheat and to the soy complex for direction. So uh, it's kind of corn's going to be, I think, is going to be a follower in the first few weeks of 2024. When trade wrapped up last week, March corn futures, three cents lower, 471 and a quarter. May corn down two and a half cents at 484. July corn futures closed at 494. That was down two cents on the day. Soybean futures, yeah, it's a weather market. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, when traders went home on Friday, they anticipated some rain in Brazil's northern and northeastern production areas. How well that outlook played out and how the forecast comes together for the first half of January is going to be the driving factor for bean prices. We got to keep an eye on the the soybean oil market as well. The market came back to close higher on Friday. Uh, Malaysian palm oil market seems to be building some upside momentum in the global veg oil prices. So we've got to watch that. But boy, too dry up in Mato Grosso, Goiás, uh, Mato Grosso de Sol. They are getting some scattered relief, but how consistent that relief becomes for, say, the next three weeks is going to be really critical, really critical for how this bean market is going to perform. And, of course, soybean oil is always a market that we're going to be keeping an eye on and the development of the renewable diesel market in the year ahead and so on, something that we need to watch. So at the end of last year, March beans were 14 cents lower at 12.98. May beans down 14 and a quarter at 13.07 and a quarter. July beans closed at 13.13, down 13 and a quarter cents. Cotton prices marched to the upside last week. It looks like they're trying to build some upside momentum in there. March cotton faces tough resistance at the December high of 8313 on friday when things wrapped up march cotton was five points higher at 
81 cents even. Cattle trade consolidated at the end of last year with a narrow two-week trading range. It's almost like a spring is coiling in the cattle futures. Just waiting to launch the market uh, into its next trend. Saw a strong box beef demand could help the market trend higher, but any sign of consumer resistance to retail beef prices will be a headwind for the cattle market in the days ahead. When things wrapped up on Friday, February live cattle, 42.5 cents lower, 168.50. March feeders, 2.5 cents lower at 223.10. In the hog trade, February lean hog futures have critical support. At the December 13 low of 66.22 and a half, watch that level very closely. February hogs on Friday, 47 and a half cents lower at 67.97 and one half. All right, stay tuned. We've got a great show coming your way. At the end of the show, Carrie Artak with a chart update. But next up is Tanner Emke from CoBank with a look ahead at the year ahead. Happy New Year, everybody. Produce higher yields and greater value at harvest. Timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Agritalk, where we solemnly vow no nickelback. Oops, check that. Only some nickelback on Agritalk. Happy New Year again, everyone. Welcome back to Agritalk. Over the past few weeks, as... I've had several conversations with listeners and more than a few, more than a few, when we start talking about interest rates and we start talking about a tighter margin environment for, for corn and soybean growers in 2024, they've, they've made the comment that, you know, farmers are just going to have to learn to think more like a banker. Well, that got me thinking about bankers, which brings us to Tanner Emke, who is the lead economist covering grains and oil seeds at CoBank. He is our guest analyst today. How you doing, Tanner? It's good to talk with you again. Thanks, Chip, and Happy New Year. Great to be back. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year to you as well. What do you think of that? Um, you, there, there's lots of reasons every year, I think, that farmers need to think like a banker, but I guess that might be accurate as we make our way into 2024. It may be more important now than ever. 
I can't disagree at all. And uh, think about that for a minute. Think like a banker. Yeah. How does a banker think? What what is what is a banker's main uh, challenge? They're, they they got to manage risk every yep. single day. And what is what is the banker's ultimate uh, goal? They're managing for margin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, interest rates are going to do what they do. Uh, markets are going to do what they do. Uh, the world is surrounded in a world of uh, risk where we're surrounded with all this volatility. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it comes down to managing for the spread, right? Yeah. Is it any different in agriculture? You know, so so often we hear about farmers hoping for, you know, uh, to market corn uh, at a certain price, like a five or five fifty. Or you know, the days of six fifty corn are long gone. Uh, just using that as an example. Are you going to market for that price or are you going to market for the margin, right? Because there are so many risks around the world uh, that it, it becomes almost impossible trying to track down one single risk on uh, on all these commodities uh, or that's going to one single risk that's going to be impacting uh, markets. And so I think that's uh, in the big picture with with interest rates being where they are with uh, the consumer being stressed with, with what they're doing, and that's going to be impacting uh, markets with geopolitics uh, as they are uh, around the world with our political uncertainty in this country as we head into a political year, uh, an election year. Uh, there's so many things going on. Uh, you're going to go crazy, Chip. If yeah. you try to nail down every single one of them, what is going to be the impact uh, on prices? Yep bringing some sensibility into this is rephrasing that question. How do I ma- manage on margin? And we've got some uh, positive stories there just across the board that uh, we can celebrate. Although we do have a rising cost environment, especially with uh, your major costs like land and machinery. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some positives here uh, as we head into 2024 and that we're dealing with a lower cost environment on certain inputs like uh, like chemical and uh, seed and fertilizer uh, and fuel. So I think that that brings in a certain, uh, I think that changes the calculus a little bit yes. where you can say, okay, I, I know what these costs are. I've got a win here. My commodity prices are down a little bit. I can manage this type of margin in this yeah. uh, so-called uh, margin stressed environment uh, right. because that's every, that's going to get everybody depressed. Yep. When you start thinking about, yeah, this is going to be a, a low margin environment. Okay, stop it with that. Right. What is the margin? <laughs> yeah. What type of margin can you achieve? And yeah. if you can achieve a positive margin, well, it goes back to the old saying, Chip, you don't go out of business by making money. Right. It's more fun to manage a profit than it is to manage a loss, isn't it? Exactly. Right. So don't get hung up on the price. Don't get hung up on the rising cost environment. Focus on the margin, stay in the black, and you're winning. Yep. That's a See, win. Tanner, Tanner, it's it's the change in why it's a tight margin environment that I think some are having that difficulty adjusting to it. In 2023, the most expensive corn crop that, that we've ever grown, guys knew that. They, they knew that. So they knew that, doggone it, once I get a profit on this, on this corn crop, I need to be taking advantage of that at least on a portion of my production. This yeah. year, they see that lower fuel cost, lower fertilizer cost. 
uh, lower costs in general. Eh, I shouldn't say in general. You made a couple of great points in the machinery costs and the land costs are not coming down. But it will be a less expensive corn crop to produce in 2024. But but that price and the what you can get for the 2024 corn is is tightening the margin as much as as the input costs are guys i think are having it uh, some trouble adjusting to that oh of course uh, no one's gonna be happy getting out of bed uh when core pro- corn prices are or commodity prices are down uh that really takes the, the wind out of your sails so that's where you got to flick the switch in your mind okay wait a minute am i selling on price or am i selling on margin right if you're going to be booking your inputs at a certain price heading into, into the new year are you at the same time coming around and marketing your your product whether it's uh grains oil seeds uh you know cattle whatever dairy whatever milk whatever it is that you're selling are you are you booking the inputs to, uh at a certain price and then turning around and booking your price on the uh, on the other end and therefore uh locking in the margin and once you know that you have your margin, it's a lot easier to sleep. Yeah. There you go. That's thinking like a banker. If you have a cost, what can you do to offset that cost with revenue? That's what we're, we're talking about, right? Exactly. That's it. Uh, the banker is thinking about margin. They're thinking about profit. They're thinking about uh, keeping your revenue over the cost and keeping the lights on. And anytime you're making money, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. The, the list of uncertainties that you went through, though, that that are impacting the markets right now, um, the, there is risk associated with that, that maybe you move too soon on, on some of these sales. I'm looking at, at uh, I'll add one to the list, and that's a less than ideal growing season down in Brazil right now. Now, there's lots of offsets, and so far I think all we're doing is really moving bushels around down in South America between Brazil and Argentina, Uruguay, right. Paraguay. But generally speaking, the market is going to focus on what happens in Brazil. If it right. if it stays tough down there, the risk is that is that you settle for too little. And yeah. that fear that fear of missing out on what might happen, Tanner is making it making it tough to do some some forward booking on on 24 corn of course yeah well it's you know as we're moving on uh moving forward with this uh, growing season down in brazil um you know i don't i don't know of anybody who's realistically penciling in a crop that's uh, a soybean crop that's over 160 uh, million tons uh, the numbers uh, i think are more realistically in the mid 150s or even lower than that so um, as we move forward, the market is going to be becoming more realistic to those uh, to those uh, those the reality of those numbers. But to your point there, um, I mean, it is still going to be uh, a little bit of a, a gamble uh, because, uh, you know, the weather can change. Uh, and so uh, I think here, though, again, it comes down to the margin. I, I got to yep. keep coming back to that. Yeah. And you're going to keep losing sleep over fear of missing out. Yeah. Uh, FOMO. Uh, what if I sell today and the price keeps going up uh, because of Brazil? Well, I got to keep hanging on. I'm going to keep losing sleep over this. Well, okay. Step back. Do the mar- do the calculations. Mm-hmm. If you market today, 
um, and you've got your inputs penciled in, are you in a positive place? Are you nice. making money at this margin? Uh, because the, you know, the weather and the markets down in Brazil are going to do what they do. If you are at all losing sleep over this, whether you're, you're in fear of the price is going down or fear of missing out or the price is going up, that's going to cause you to make some mistakes just yes. in running your general operation. Uh, when your mind is not on the task of farming uh, and your mind is instead on the task of uh, trying to sort out all these uh, global issues that are so hard to pin down, you may make a mistake in your daily farming operation that it's going to cost you more than anything you made on a yes. marketing mistake. Exactly. Exactly, so Tanner. The thing here is go back. Okay, go back and run the analysis. Uh, yep. You know, Run the spreadsheets. If this is something that uh, is out of your skill set, then you find somebody, find your accountant, find your banker. Right. To, right. Talk you through, to talk through some scenarios and bring your mind back to what it does margin look like? What exactly. does making margin look like for me for my operation focus on that margin and now the world is a much simpler place absolutely manage for margin not for price we're going to continue this conversation with tanner Empke, the lead economist covering grains and oil seeds at cobank next here on agritalk to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Let's go to the Pro Farmer Markets page and check out how markets wrapped up trade in 2023. March HRW wheat futures one and three quarter cents lower at six forty two. March SRW wheat down three and a half cents to six twenty eight. March corn futures three cents lower four seventy one and a quarter. May corn down two and a half cents to four eighty four. May soybeans fourteen cents lower at twelve ninety eight. May soybeans down fourteen and a quarter to thirteen oh seven and a quarter. March March cotton. Five points higher at 81 cents even. February live cattle, 42.5 cents lower, 168.50. March feeders, 2.5 cents lower at 223.10. And February lean hog futures, 47.5 cents lower at 67.97 and one half. Hey, give Pro Farmer a try at tryprofarmer.com. You can't see us, and we can't see you, so don't go changing. Listen just the way you are to Agritalk. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk on this January 1, 2024. 2024, it's already starting to roll right off the tongue there. Uh, glad that you're with us. We're in the middle of a conversation with Tanner Emke, the lead economist covering grains and oil seeds at CoBank. But, of course, Tanner is thinking about most of the markets most of the time. Uh, so we'll get some get into a little bit of livestock conversation as, as we go on uh, in, in the conversation as well. So in the last segment, Tanner, we covered the idea about thinking like a banker, farmers needing to think like a banker, and that is managing the margin. Do not manage the price. Um, I just want to throw this out, and I talked about it a little bit last week. Tie some goals. Tie some business goals to your marketing plan for the year ahead. And I'm not just talking about I want to sell in the top 10% of the the market. That's not a goal. How do you know you're in the top 10% when it's happening? You don't know that. The a goal, a goal is that if I know what my costs are, your break-even costs, if I can get seven and a half percent more than that break-even on revenue, once I get that seven and a half percent return on my investment, I will be able to take that profit and invest it in my business to accomplish X. Boy. Tanner, once you put a goal like that on top of a marketing plan, you get to that 7.5%, and it's not thinking about FOMO. It's not thinking about the fear of missing out and what's going to happen in a market. Then fear becomes, if I don't sell now, I'm not going to be able to do this for my company, for my business going forward. It, it's, it makes it so much easier to pull the trigger on a marketing strategy. Yes. Yeah. When you have the plan, it takes less discipline because then all you're doing is executing the plan and the hard work that you've already done and putting the, putting it together. When you're trying to chase the price uh, rather than trying to fulfill a plan, you, you know, you're going to be right or wrong, right or wrong any day of the week when markets are going up and down. Yeah. And that's just hard to live in that roller coaster environment. Yeah. Uh, so like you said there, having a structured plan takes all that stress out. Yeah. And then if pulling the trigger is so difficult, I've heard so many uh, market advisors say, if you can't do it, hand your marketing plan over to somebody else, like your spouse mm-hmm. or, or or a market advisor, and they do that for you. Uh, just knowing that when the market does offer a uh, profitable price, and it always does, it just may be very short-lived uh, in a, a market, but the market will always be there uh, to pro- mm-hmm. offer a marketable, um, a profitable price. Having that plan in place makes it so much easier. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Execute. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, let's continue down this path of thinking like a banker because you're always looking at the cost of money, and uh, I, I think producers need to understand exactly what that cost of money is. And of course, what we're talking about here are interest rates. Boy, at the end of the year, Tanner, the the optimism over interest rate cuts for 2024, I think, was getting a little out of hand, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the market for you, right? Um, right. You know, it's, the market is always going to be a, 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 have an overreaction uh, to, the, to the news. Uh, and so uh, that was no different uh, when the Federal Reserve announced that uh, they're penciling in three interest rate cuts uh, for next year. I think the market now is anticipating seven or, you know, six or seven cuts, more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's, that's a lot. Uh, it's going to have to take some pretty bearish uh, economic news in order to make that happen. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, we got to take the Fed at their word that they're going to 
uh, be data-based, uh, that they're going to you know, wait for the, uh, the data to come in and they're going to be higher until they're not. Uh, and it sounds like March may or may not be an interest rate cut, but there's a lot of the uh, board governors that came out and said, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, they said uh, they tried to push back on this idea that interest rate cuts are uh, in the future. And they said, maybe, maybe not. Uh, if inflation does not come down to our liking, we could even increase them if we want to. Yeah. We we reserve the right to change our mind anytime we like. Yep. And yep. so you have to take that at face value that an interest rate cut is no guarantee. Um, now, that being said, um, you know, the market is what it is. And if uh, borrowing costs come down, uh, that's a win. And you, you want to you know, take advantage of that. But I uh, wouldn't be so eager to uh, get behind what's the, what the market reaction was. That was pretty aggressive, uh, yeah. how the market wanted to do that. That was <laughs> the biggest <laughs> star market rally. And I don't know how long it was. That was that was something else. I didn't see yes, that. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Obviously, interest rates and, and what the Fed does with monetary policy in the year ahead is going to have some impact on equity trade, the flow of money, where the investment money is is going. So let's break this down a little bit uh, and, and go to specific markets. I I think we're we're accurate in the idea that it is going to be a tight uh, margin environment for corn in the year ahead, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. That's uh, I think that's uh, well understood by most folks, yep. uh, given where we're at and where we're heading. And, you know, the board is at what, 470 now heading into the new year uh, here. And that's uh, definitely down from where we were a year, a year ago. Um, 30%. Yeah, 30%. That's not a small amount, a small cut. No. I mean, that's substantial. Uh, and then at the same time, land and machinery prices, as we talked about, haven't yep. really come down at all. Uh, I will. I just do, do want to throw this out, though. And this is something that we've heard from our customers uh, in farm credit, specifically with the co-ops uh, that I that I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is uh, last year was a strong year uh, financially uh, for farmers. The year before that was a very strong year. Right. And uh, just something to think about here, Chip, is that I've been hearing from a lot of our grain co-ops that their farmer members are deferring a lot of their income or did defer a lot of their income into 2024. Some have deferred income into 2025. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, Chip, income has been deferred into 2026. If you can believe that. I and hope they've got retirement plans to go along with that deferrals. <laughs> what they're doing, they're, they're, high, they're trying to hide their money from Uncle Sam yeah. uh, through that uh, scheme. Uh, so if there's any indication here of Man. where the farmer is going to be financially next year, yeah, we're going to have a lower margin environment. Uh, we know that. We've already talked about how you got to man manage for the margin, not for the price. But um, the indication here is that there's going to be some income carried over from last year to okay. kind of soften uh, this year's cash flow. Okay. Okay. Uh, and even some in the, in the 2025 even. So, yeah, it's going to be a harder stressed uh, or more stressed uh, margin environment. Uh, we've talked about you got to manage for the uh, margin, but there will be some cushion carried over uh, into okay. 2020. Okay, so that's kind of a corn and soybean wrap up right there for what to anticipate in the year ahead. Where does wheat fit in that outlook? Well, it all comes back again uh, to Russia. And Russia has been a huge um uh, ball here, uh, they, we thought, I thought, a lot of people thought uh, wheat would have bottomed so many months ago. And the Russians said, no, that's not going to be the case. 
record exports. Um, they've got a very weak currency uh, behind those exports uh, on wheat. And so that has really uh, been the stressor here on the global wheat market, even though uh, stocks outside of Russia and China combined are historically low. So as we go into 2024 here, uh, we're anticipating you got to have a shrinkage of acreage. Um, we're going to see some loss of acres out of wheat. Mm -hmm. We think over into uh, soybeans, uh, you know, soft wheat acres in the in the eastern belt, especially are going to see a drop uh, in in yeah. uh, acres. Uh, that's got to be providing a floor here under wheat prices. And so, um, you know, even though we've been saying, yeah, the floor is coming on wheat, uh, the Russians have changed that calculus. Uh, now you add in some more fundamentals here of a uh, of a declining in uh, of a decline in wheat acres, and so um, the margin environment uh, later on in twenty twenty four has got to be a little bit more positive. Okay, we've only got a couple of minutes left here, Tanner, but I want to go over to the livestock trade and and you. I know that you're talking with your colleagues all the time that that uh, put the analysis on the livestock markets. It you know this this hog market. They still have a cycle low ahead of them. I mean, the industry is bleeding equity. The hog market seems to be the mark, the 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 industry that's looking at the greatest change in the year ahead, isn't it? It seems like it. Um, I mean, you got prop well, obviously, is going to yeah. be impacting things, and as the in industry adjusts for that, um, that's going to be impacting production. I mean, that's just kind of how the numbers go. Um, there will be some loss of production um, at the same time, uh, although that would. Uh, you know, be a little bit of a positive on the supply side, on the demand side, you still got to contend with um, China and, uh, you know, what happens in China with their imports. Um, you know, the economic situation in China is not a great one. Uh, and so that's a concern there, how uh, that could impa impact things uh, going forward. Uh, the positive here is that, you know, the feed cost is going to be coming yeah. down. And so that's going to add a little bit more buffer, I think, uh, there for the hogs. Okay. On the that that's on the hog side of things, cattle came off some some all time highs in 2023. Can we maintain some profitability in cattle in 2024? Well, I uh, I always go back to what's going on with uh, the cow slaughter, and yeah. when you're yeah. when you're not rebuilding this herd, eventually, I mean, if you keep saying this long enough, prices are going to have to rebound yeah. because of the shortage of supply. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, cattle uh, are going to be carrying into 2024 some of the headwinds that they had in 2023. Uh, we've got um, decreased consumption here in the U.S. because uh, yeah. of a stress consumer. We've got higher imports uh, coming in from Canada, Australia, uh, New Zealand and Mexico. A lot of imports there. Uh, that kind of that's that's been a headwind. That's going to carry over uh, in the next couple of quarters. Right. Carcass weights have been up. Um, yep. And so I think you've got some, enough factors here that the current price environment is going to be maintained okay. at least and, and through the spring. Um, but at some point, I, that uh, the lack of herd rebuilding here is going to catch up. Right, right. Very good. Tanner, you've given us a lot to think about. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Chip. Thanks for having me back. You bet. That is Tanner Amke, lead economist covering the grains and oil seeds at CoBank. Coming up next, Carrie Artak on this January 1 edition of AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Uh, What kind of radio program do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds, agra and talk. Happy New Year again, everyone. Glad that you're with us on this Monday afternoon. Jan 1, 2024. A great conversation there with Tanner Amke from CoBank. You've got to be willing to look at the margin rather than the price. Yeah, it's fun to sell 650 corn. Yeah, it's even fun to sell 550 corn. But how much fun is it to say, you know what? I made 20% on my return. I mean, heck, it might be fun to say I made 7% on my return, 5% on my return uh in over what I put into it in in 2024. We've got to keep it all in perspective. Price doesn't matter. It's that managing the profit, managing profit, and getting some guidance along the way on just where prices might be going, and that's where we turn next. We've got Kerry Artak from Artak Advisory. Don't forget, go to artakadvisory.com, A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and Kerry will get you signed up for a free two-week trial of his service. All right, Kerry, take it away. What do you got? Yeah, thanks a lot, Chip. I'm going to start with March wheat. Uh, We had a buy signal about a month ago above a uh, channel top on the weekly chart that this week is at 605 and three quarter. It's a horizontal channel structure that represented several months of sideways activity. This was the top of that congestive range. We closed above it a month ago without any upside follow through, but these things can delay. I will stick to holding above 605 and three quarter. I maintain a 732 even three to five month upside objective. There are key points on the way up that can contain weekly buying pressures, 653 even and 683 even. Closing above 653 even should yield 683 within two to three weeks. Uh, Able to contain weekly buying pressures. Closing above 683 even should yield that targeted 732 within another three to five weeks or so. But I still think three to five months likely as we move into spring, 732 even in reach where we could actually top out into summer activity. Now, if we close the week Friday back below 605 and three quarter, that is buy signal failure that should yield within about two to three weeks, 579 even. And 579 even is a respectable support level in its own right that could contain selling, say, through February trade. And if settled below 579 even on a weekly basis, then we have a three to five month sell signal down to 457 even. So we have a we're we're bullish over the next three to five months above 605 and three quarter, expecting 732 even, and we turn bearish over the next three to five months if we were to close below 579 even, then expecting 457 even. On to February lean 
green hogs. Uh, you know, we have a long-term sell signal that's been in place in September, a three to five month sell signal that has not followed through substantially. We've been in a congestive framework, but the sell signal occurred with a formation that we settled below in September 77.67, well above the market right now. That is a long-term ceiling below which, if you've been listening, I've had lean hogs on your show now quite a bit the last few months, 58.70 still remains a long-term target. We haven't seen it. We've been locked in this congestive framework that I see midterm uh, 65.50 floor, 72 even ceiling. We could still trade inside of that range all the way through February trade into February expiration. So 65.50 able to contain selling into February expiration, 72 even able to contain buying into February expiration. If we close below 65.50 at the end of this week, that 58.73 to five month target, which has been in play now for about three to five months, should then be reached, I'd say, by the end of February. 58.70, able to contain selling uh, through spring trade and into summer, longer-term selling pressures. The transition from February to the April contract may have consequences in all this, so I'll keep you informed uh, in the next few weeks when we roll from February to April. But let me continue with the upside, and that is to say that if we close above 72 even over the next few weeks, then that 77.67 long-term resistance area becomes a three- to five-week objective, where the broader market can top out uh, through spring trade and still below which 5870 standing out as a long-term objective. And once again, April transition will have a lot to say about this, and I'll keep you abreast of that in the next few weeks. And finally, March feeder cattle. We've tested three-year channel support uh, about a month ago that is rising on a weekly basis now at 214.92. And, you know, uh, we're above it. It would probably be a week before we would actually test it to the downside. But two. 1492 can contain selling into spring, even summer trade, and above which 239 even remains a two to three month objective. And we could potentially, as we move into later this year, reach again that long term resistance at 267 even. But I would need to see a settlement above 239 even to yield 267 even within several more months. For right now, upside target two to three months, 239 even able to contain buying on a seasonal basis. On the way up, 230.37 can contain weekly buying pressures. And if we close above 230.37 over the next week or two, that 239 even two to three month objective, then likely within about three to five weeks, 239 even able to contain seasonal buying pressures when tested. Now for the downside, closing the week below 214.92, a three-year channel bottom should be by a 1% margin for sell signal reliability. That magic number this week, Friday, is 212.77. It's a long shot to see that this week. But if we did close Friday at 212.77 or lower, long-term sell signal for the broader feeder cattle market, then expecting 184.15 within two to three months. And by this point next year, 145.50, I think, would be in reach. And that's all I got, Chip, for this week's three. Thank you, Kerry. Appreciate that. Okay, again, go to rtacadvisory.com. Get signed up for that That. Uh, that two-week free trial of the RTAC Advisory. We really appreciate everything that Kerry does for us, uh, providing us uh, some some chart outlook, long-term, big-picture chart outlook on the markets as we make our way through the year. So here we are, 2024. We spent a lot of time over the, the, the last, oh, boy, five, seven shows talking about wrapping up 2023 and looking forward to 2024. 
let's get serious about wrapping up 2023. And by that, I mean, if we've got some bushels out there that are unpriced, give that some serious consideration here, guys. Get control, get an understanding of just exactly how those bushels fit into your operation. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Come back tomorrow morning. Jim Minturk from Purdue University tomorrow afternoon. Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady right here on Agritalk.